Hi, welcome to BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. I'm Amanda Teuscher. And I'm Sarah Whitus. And there's nothing going on at all right now. No. Nothing going on in the world. There's nothing to talk about except television. No. Um, I mean, what's... I I can't... Just boring, same thing every day. You know? Oh, well, actually, here's something happening in the next, like, less than a week. Um... It's Halloween on oh, Saturday. Oh, it's Halloween. And I know you probably forgot no, because there's like nothing. Holiday. It's our favorite holiday and there's like nothing we can do. And it's kind of a bummer. And it's especially a bummer because it's, it falls on a Saturday yeah. and it also is a full moon and not just any full moon. It's a blue moon. It's the second full moon of October and there's no trick or treaters. There's no Halloween parties. It's. I live with two people who don't like scary movies. It's, you know, my, actually in my pod, it's just me and th- three people and all of them don't like scary movies. So, you know, it's going to be a pretty mediocre Halloween. Um, I, I think I, I feel like I might still hand out candy. I don't, I mean, I don't know if there'll be anyone trick or treating. Um, aren't, you, aren't you not supposed to do that? I mean, I was going to like sit on our stoop with a bowl of candy you know, and then like, someone was telling me about up. someone that like was gonna make like a a shoot, like a like a hamster. Oh yeah, shoot, I've seen that. And just yep. like toss, the drop it down. <laughs> yep, it drop down it down the, the shoot. I think that's a great idea. I, I love think that's that. lovely. Yeah, I, mean, I love that. I mean, I don't know if there'll be anyone out. Like to me, yeah. it seems like mostly not a problem to be like you know walking around with your group and then like you know getting candy from a distance like that seems outside like yeah fine. i think it's mostly i mean of yeah. all the things that, that you could and like traditions that we are going to be confronted with over the next three months this is far safer than traveling in airports for thanksgiving so totally. yeah totally i mean i don't yeah and i don't know if there'll be anyone out we were going to take a walk because isaac does have a costume um what's he going as he's going as the itsy bitsy spider well, he's such he has, an itsy bitsy spider. He has a little spider outfit that um, that his grandmother made him. Uh, oh, that's it's very cute. cute. It's very cute. Um, and you know, so we were gonna like take a walk with him, but again, like I don't know that there's gonna be like any. It's also supposed to be like forty degrees high of 40 degrees on saturday here so (laughs) it's also going to be like freezing um so i'm not sure you know how long we'd stay out anyway but i mean it's halloween i i can't let it go by and unheralded you know (laughs) i just like i can't live with that um yeah I've convinced my roommates to watch Hocus Pocus. Okay. With me. Okay. Um, so that's like getting into like a little bit. At least there's of, something. Then... Yeah, getting into a little bit of spooky spirit, and then what could possibly be scarier uh, than the election? So, like, I mean, it's a real, <sighs> it's a real spooky vibe. You'll be have, you know, have going. I forgot on. all about that. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the election. That's when is that? Like. A couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's in like you know. Again, it's either in six months or twenty four hours. I <laughs> I honestly can't. You're right. I I honestly can't think of anything scarier. No, it's the scariest week. I mean, in a capping off a series of. Uh, there's also my. I found out just right before we signed on here that my uh, 
town that I live in here. Uh, has <laughs> such a weird way to say it. I loved it. My city. My town that I uh, live, in live in here, here. <laughs> uh, is now officially a, a uh, high-risk community, which is great. I mean, aren't like 42 so. out of the 50 states currently high-risk? That's true. I mean, it's like it's, you know, one of those situations, though, where... That's like, scary, though. Had yeah. You know, had it had been very well under control. And it's fully... Here also, at least, uh, restaurants are, like, still, you know, there's, like, still this mentality of, like, as we open back up, and it's, like, oh, no, <laughs> do you not I see know. what's going on? <laughs> I know, I know. Well, the virus knows if you have food in front of you. Right. So it knows that it's okay. Right, um, it should stay away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, things were going great in D.C., um, and then a certain yeah, person no, I mean... in a house about two miles from me decided to hold a... Uh, super spreader event with um, just a bunch of fascists um, in suits. So, oh yeah, that was the other fucking scary thing that happened this week, right? Was yeah, some, that was know, that was cool. Just a like, real, oh, yeah. Just a. Well, you know those bozos are going to Compass Coffee. Like it's mm-hmm. just, yeah. Anyway, give them their own. Um, oh God. Yeah. So I, things are pretty scary. You make a good point. Things are scary enough without it being Halloween, but then it also, yeah. I mean, it's like I need the escape of, I don't know. Yeah, cute babies in costumes. I mean, one of the things, you know what's Blair kind of... pumpkins. Well, you know what's kind of funny is one of the things we were going to talk about is Haunting a Bly Manor, which I'm surprised launched when it did on Netflix. I'm not sure why it wasn't... As opposed to... Yeah, as opposed to like now. Like earlier? No, 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 like, as opposed to being, like, more Halloween. Well, then just Halloween-y. launch at the beginning of October. I guess it was, like, mm, it was, uh, you're right, you're right. It was the beginning of October. I feel like that makes sense because, and I, if, if I weren't obsessed with something that I will be talking about later, I would have started it earlier um, and would probably by now be wrapping it up because I like to digest my mm-hmm. my horror slowly. Um, but, um. I, th- I mean, also right now I'm like seeing ads on Netflix for one of those like Hallmark type uh, Christmas movies. So, you know, like who knows what they're thinking. It's true. It's like what their calendar is. And I think you're probably I think you're right about, uh, you know, about kind of if you've if you've started Haunting of Bly Manor, you might be giving it kind of a slow build, you know, not that. I also feel like people are ready. In, typically, you'd be ready for like spooky stuff come October, but. I don't know how things were in Boston, but we've had a really pretty mild October, and it's been, like, like earlier this week was, like, 70-something, and so it hasn't always felt like fall. Like, a, the trees are still green. I mean, hmm. um, we're, like, so, I don't know. Full crunchy leaves. Actually, they're, like, mostly gone at this point. <laughs> uh, and, then it's to, and then it's supposed to snow tomorrow, so... Um, I, I mean, heard that's... one of my coworkers is in Boston. I heard that it was uh, supposed to snow. I'm really Yikes just not going to think about it until it's um, slapping me in the face tomorrow. But I mean, I I think that, you know, and I remember that Haunting of Hill House also was like a mid-October um, debut because we were watching it. Uh, Haunting of Hill House we watched on our honeymoon in Italy and uh stayed in a literally empty like mansion kind of you know b&b type place but there was nobody else staying there 
and the care you know the the um what where yeah, what? this this was in uh this was in italy and there was oh, nobody you were in italy I yeah, thought yeah, you were yeah. Saying in, I, for, I got confused about i thought you went to croatia for your honeymoon and i was oh, like no, no, no. that sounds awesome <laughs> i mean but it's like also still, it's cool in italy too it still was because it was like still in the countryside and it was like this very like kind of old you know i mean it was like an old ass mansion you know very kind of like baroque or whatever and then there's like you know there's like the 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 innkeeper (laughs) and she goes home at night and she comes back in the morning so we were alone in this like kind of creepy old mansion and stolen so much stuff oh we did (laughs) oh of course we people are so trusting stole all kinds of shit um and uh and and then i was watching the uh haunting of hill house uh the like the last like couple of episodes while we were it's incredible incredible energy to bring to your honey right i know it was very (laughs) it it was and also it like basically was halloween because we came back i think the day before halloween so i mean like you know just that was like i was really getting my creepy i mean yeah that would do it for sure yeah yeah. Um, but i mean what are you what are your thoughts on on haunting of bly manor so i'm only like four episodes in yeah um but i like it so far but because this is but this is the kind of creepy i like like i like um i love ghost stories and like haunted houses those are my favorite um and you know i love gothic fiction so it's based on you know turning of this the turn of the screw so like Mm-hmm. It's right at my alley. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, what's his face? The showrunner. I think he does a really good job of adapting these stories, like what he did with Haunting of Hill House. Um, adapting these stories and making them new and unique. So even if you've read the books, you know you don't know where they're going. Um, and they have... But it's this, you know, the gothic element is just the emotional... Um, maybe overwroughtness sometimes but Mm -hmm. like depth of it um Mm -hmm. and i find like the most powerful ghost stories to be the ones that are you know have a bit of melancholy and sadness to them um i felt at times like haunting of hill house was maybe too sad for me i was just like oh this is sad i wanted to just be more spooky and less less sad um and i have a feeling this will go in a sort of similar direction but i find that to Mm -hmm. be effective because ghosts are just inherently romantic um but yeah, so I love ghost stories, so I'm enjoying it. I find it fun. Um, I it's like not the been ghost, super scary. Romantic but... ghost story. I like the romantic ghost story uh, kind of take on it. I like that. <laughs> yeah, like... and like, and also just romance in the 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 sense of you know the romantic period, just how everybody in the 1800s was just like swooning all the time, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. you know just being very into their feelings. Um, and that's where so many good ghost stories came from. Um, so, I mean, like, I feel like the quintessential romantic song is this. There's this Beethoven piece called "The Earl King," and it's okay. I'll, I'll stop, but like, no, I y'all should go listen to "The Earl King." It's, <laughs> it's I'm not gonna Beethoven. Look it up. It's not Beethoven. It's um, it's a uh, Sh- Sh- Schubert, I think. Um, actually, I'm gonna look it up because if I'm wrong, I'll be mad about it. But anyway, it's pretty incredible, and it will make you feel things. Um. um. Like, I, well, no, I, yes. I I like that as a as a you know creepy background uh music for my you know sort of melancholy halloween uh that i assume i'll be having um 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't... I'll say this. I watched a few episodes of Haunting a Blind Manor. I couldn't really get into it. I think because, like you're saying, it, it edged not... It edged, like, towards the not creepy enough side for me. And I was kind mm-hmm. of, like, feeling sort of in between genres, which is fine in and of itself. But when I kind of come to it with this expectation, you know, then it becomes a little bit of a letdown, I think, which is, like, what I was allowing uh, yeah. myself to, you know. Yeah, I do think there are in. moments where, like, there are a couple of these episodes in the middle these like flashback episodes i'm kind of like they're too it's too much backstory and not enough scares i wonder if you could have just shortened this and made it you know six episodes mm-hmm. and packed more scaries per minute than scaries per minute I, I love say, the spm yeah, you know I mean. the spm rate the scaries SPM. per minute <laughs> scaries per minute um said a full-grown woman but yeah <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to be absolutely giving any scary movie I watch from now on <laughs> scary a scary yeah <laughs> actually it's an, it's an effective barrage like I feel like that's good it's like you know and that can tell people some people don't like as many scaries exactly so what is it like, yeah what does is it, it get? Have, can it does it have a slow rpm <laughs> right SPM? right it's like a, right a, a two it's like a two spm or like an eight spm like yeah, yeah. it's really so it's um, a 45 I, I I like that. I mean, so I feel like, um, I don't know. I'm probably not going to revisit Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, that's disappointing. I know. But you watched all of Hill House, right? Oh, yeah. Watched all of Hill House, and I still am haunted to this day by the, um, <laughs> I am haunted to this day by the uh, last episode of Haunting of Hill House and uh, how how yeah. bad it was yeah <laughs> um oh, you, that's right you didn't like it as much as i did no i hated i was it. into it i'm still i still i'm like i thought that was that was good i but like also i would it. recommend people to read the actual book haunting right. of hill house which is genuinely scary i reread it this summer um well and, and it's genuinely spooky and i mean interestingly so, you know, they're both, they're actually, this season was not, mostly not um, directed by the same, uh, it was mostly like, it was less involvement from Mike Flanagan, who created the show. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was like really, uh, he's like a horror director and stuff like that. And so he had way less involvement in this season because it, it he is was, much less yeah and horror like I mean as as evidenced by the the low SPM the low SPM rating he was working on the on Doctor Death the Shining um, sequel which is why he didn't oh, uh, wasn't right. as involved in this season which I really liked as an aside. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I mean that that I I am I'm not sure if they're planning on more of these. I would like assume that they are uh, that this is kind of his, you know, horror anthology. I at, mean, I Netflix. hope so because yeah. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've also heard people say that they like the Bly Manor one better than Hill House. Um, but I've also mostly heard that people like or people don't think it's as scary as hill house yeah Um, so i have a feeling that will continue to hold even though i'm only halfway through 
you know. Well, I, I it's kind of like it's funny because it's like there aren't that many, you know, uh, horror anthologies on. There's a lot of anthology shows, you know, but they're not. You know, there's really horror is one that's like not. There's this, and then there's like you know, there's American Horror Story, American horror story. which is like you know, could which not. Is more- it's more gory than oh, yeah. what I like. Could so not be I... a more different vibe, I think. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so what else what else have, have Oh well uh, speaking of horror stories, yeah. did you watch did you watch Ratchet? No. I did not Okay don't. Yes, because I heard that it was terrible. Yeah, I only watched the first episode and throughout the entire episode I I can only describe my engagement being Ooh, that's pretty and also I don't give a crap what happens next. I, like, truly did not care what happened next in the story. So there was absolutely no way I was going to watch a second episode. Not because I thought it was bad, but just because I was like, this is so not interesting. And then I read reviews saying that it was just not really bringing anything new to the story. And as far as if you have an origin story about Nurse Ratched, it had her already at the point where her origin story had happened. Um, <laughs> so it just sounded like bad writing. And it clearly was just, like, Ryan Murphy wanted to make a show that he could do this aesthetic for and he fit One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest into this aesthetic he You know what I mean? Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's my take on how, you know, after watching one episode and reading reviews. But, no, that um, makes sense. I mean, you know, it's it looked, you know, from the trailer, which I was very intrigued by. Right. Um, I think that's something that was drawing me in, in with the trailer, is, like, how stylized it, it looked. Um you know, it definitely had a, you know, it, it had a its own thing going on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, some of the mid-century, like, interiors are incredible, and the, the colors just pop everywhere. Um, it's interesting as a mood board, but I don't know if the storytelling was very good. Um, yeah, that's, that's more or less what I heard, uh, yeah. and I kind of crossed it off the list, I think, based on um, that. Another show I gave up on was Loved lovecraft country i wanted to like it so bad even after the first episode i was like i don't know if this is that great and i kept watching it for like four or five more episodes and um and i kind of didn't intend to stop but i did a few weeks ago because i just was like this it's not that good which you had also heard this that it wouldn't be yeah i had read i had i had read a similar thing and tom uh had been watching it and kind of came to a similar conclusion where you know i think it just wasn't yeah he stopped yeah he didn't keep going with it um and you know i think it's it's hard when you're kind of like in between so you also thought this one wasn't it's like also sort of in between genres or like well i don't know if that's a problem Mm -hmm. i and i think that's actually what makes the entire concept so interesting like i feel like the idea of making um a horror show that combines like the 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 horrors and like you know surrealness of like hp lovecraft with the horrors of jim crow america is a really brilliant idea and it watching the show made me want to just read the books it was based on Mm -hmm. um or the book if it's singing i can't remember um and i can't remember the author's name um I feel like it's a really compelling idea. The actual execution of the show was, it was never scary. Um, the actual, the moments of, the moments of horror were never scary. And then the moments of racial terror were, they were definitely scarier, but they were also like heavy handed. There's this one scene 
where so the the main character um, and now I'm forgetting all these names because it's been weeks. Um, but yeah, forget, what's that actor's name? Um, oh gosh, I'll let you find he's, it. He's really good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Jonathan Majors. So the acting in it is really great. Michael K. Williams from um, uh, The Wire is in it, and um, Journey Smollett. Um, everyone's really good in it, but. Um, yeah, so the actual moments where they're t- they're talking about you know present day um, you know segregation or those things are just very heavy handed. So it's just throwback episode where it shows the main character Tick go. He was in the army in the Korean War and he's talking to this Korean nurse um, who's I assume comes back later because you see like her photo fo- anyway. Mm-hmm. And he's he's talking about, you know, she's like, why don't you go? She hates the Americans. And then she sees him and she's like, why don't you go stand with the other Americans or whatever? And he's like, well, in my country, things are not fair for me. Or, you know, something just very like, you know, not patronizing, but just like stuff that we've already known. He's not saying it in an interesting way. And then there's this other American soldier there and he's Asian American and she's like, and he's like, well, I'm an, I'm an enemy at home and here. It's just the most like, mm. uh, I don't know, yeah. just obvious things. A, things little, we've, a little much. The, <laughs> and just purely the writing. The, the concepts are things you can repeat over and over again. You can, you can illustrate that. It's, it, it doesn't hurt to illustrate that, you know, di- these dilemmas and these, like the race. It doesn't hurt to show that again. But if you're just saying it the exact way we've heard about it, it's just not good writing. If you're saying, I'm a, I'm an enemy at home and here, it's like, oh, brother. Right. Like, can you find a different way to say <laughs> that that's compelling? So, yeah. So those uh, those parts of it that are actually the scariest parts are the ones where you're just like, well, yeah, I, we know, but how are you connecting this to the, I don't know. Anyway, the point is, I didn't think it worked well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think you were alone in that. I mean, and I do think that um hbo was kind of hoping this was going to be kind of another you know watchman type juggernaut Watchmen was so much better yeah because it was so much more inventive and well that's not fair it was just it was just so much more well executed it was like nothing mm-hmm. you'd seen before this the concept was what's interesting but i think the concept you can just mark down to the, the book it was based on not the actual show sure yeah and, yeah know. um um Okay, so let's... I feel like I've been talking a lot about... Well, I've been talking a lot of shit, so why don't you tell me about something you liked? <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so I, you know, weirdly, I feel like haven't actually been watching all that much, We, you know, in the ages since we uh, last recorded a podcast, which we didn't really properly apologize to our fans uh, for... You know what, Sarah? We do this for free. <laughs> yeah, uh, who are we apologizing to? These these dummies? I don't think so. Listen to Listen, this show. Listen, nine friends and mothers. <laughs> yeah, we'll we give you an episode when we want to <laughs> give you an episode. Yeah, and you'll just sit tight and just have to wait until we, you know, feel that it's yeah, time. Mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take that people who kindly listen to this show for an hour and a half always supported me (laughs) yeah (laughs) this is what you get um you know i haven't been watching all of that all that much because i also would go literally go to bed at like 8 30 
Um, but I did, I am watching the new season of, uh, Fargo is something that I am watching, which, um, with Chris Rock, with Chris Rock. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. And so I had watched the second and third seasons of Fargo, which I loved both of them, but it, it the, the third season aired now almost three years ago. Um, so wow. yeah, because the creator Noah Hawley, he went and created another show and, and this is a, you know, an anthology, so it doesn't necessarily need like, you know, successive seasons. Um, so I loved both seasons and I kind of realized that I had never actually watched the first season for some reason. And so gear- Wait, you did it. No, no. Back in uh, 2014. Um, I thought you had, I, I think even I've seen some of it. I had not, I guess I started with the second season, which again, you can do because, huh. uh, it's an anthology. Um, but uh, there are usually some elements that kind of connect each season. So actually gearing up to watch the new season, I decided to watch the first season, um, which is great. <laughs> uh, it is, yeah. yeah. And, you know, people really went crazy for it uh, at the time. And I, you know, every season, I mean, just it's a great show. Um not everyone loved the last season uh, with Carrie Coon, but uh, I I thought it was great. So you know, the first season has Martin Freeman from from the British Office and uh, and stars Billy Bob Thornton, who's very good. Uh, it's a great season of the show. So then, you know, that was going to kind of lead into uh, the fourth season, which has aired I think like four or five episodes, and I've. I've I'm I've watched I guess it's aired five or six and I've watched four of them so um I'm catching up and uh you know I think this season is good but it's not it's oddly just like it's not really a season of Fargo um hmm. which you know, I to me, I feel like there's a few elements of a season of Fargo uh, that I was thinking about, which are kind of like, they're all a little bit otherworldly. Like they all have kind of vague um, elements of the supernatural. Um, and then even if it's just like very lightly touched on, this is more in the second and third season for sure. But um, you got to have some very likable characters that are put through the ringer uh and come out triumphant and then you need to okay. have an amusing psychopath um and then okay. and then you gotta have uh some dummies who get in over their heads uh that is a crucial <laughs> element of the movie fargo so i can absolutely yeah exactly yeah, yeah. exactly and then you uh you get know, in over their heads like literally through a wood chipper <laughs> right get in over their heads <laughs> to and i was thinking about this like get over their heads and to to uh into a situation that usually also uh by the end of the show has got like a, a massive body count uh there's usually a lot of dead people by the end of a season of fargo <laughs> also um and so that could certainly still be the case with this season but you know i think that the like but fargo is also it's like it's it's supposed to be as in the movie right it's like um everyday folks you know getting into a completely absurd situation um and 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 that's been the way of of this show and then this season 
um, is is really interesting premise. It's like set in in 1950s Kansas City, and um, it's basically a showdown between two organized crime syndicates, the Blacks and the Italians, um, and they've kind of supplanted the generations of syndicates before them. You know, it started with the Jews, and then they were supplanted by the Irish. Um, and now we have, uh, these two kind of, uh, mobs that are, that are going up against each other. It's really interesting. Like the black mob led by Chris Rock, um, is basically they've like invented the credit card (laughs) and, (laughs) um, they are, I mean, the mafia always just ran on credit. Well, yeah. And so, you know, obviously they're like, you know, their whole business is, you know, making, predatory loans <laughs> to yeah. people and uh, hoping, you know, like, so they are kind of trying to run this, this, uh, you know, this like loan, lo- you know, obviously like money business. They're kind of, that's kind of their thing. And they're trying to um, sell white Kansas city on the idea of the credit card, you know, that they would be this like, you know, again, like predatory loan, uh, you know, organization. And, and so then the Italians are kind of doing their kind of more like typical Italian mob shit. Um, but then there's also this element of the two gangs, uh, adopt this tradition that was started by generations of gangs before them, where the heads of the two mob families, um, exchange their youngest sons um, and so each gang becomes like a caretaker for the youngest son of the other gang. But, you know, obviously they're basically like, um, are they like chips? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. They're like basically a hostage, you know? And yeah. so like, you know, you, you just as we have an arrangement and if anything goes awry with that arrangement, uh, you know, so That's fascinating. it's really interesting. And, and, and there's like, and then, so of course it being Fargo, there's just all of these other sort of situations that arise you know with with these other characters that come in and out of the show out of this central premise uh, of this gang showdown and clearly you know i guess someone's gonna emerge triumphant here jason schwartzman is uh becomes the sort of de facto head of the italian uh mob which i don't know if you recall that jason schwartzman no jason (laughs) schwartzman is uh francis ford coppola's nephew and Nick Cage's Wait, yes, and Nick Cage's no. cousin. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh he no. Yeah, yes. He is mob royalty in that sense. <laughs> so I actually might have known that. It just clearly couldn't compute it. Isn't it a fun because his last name is Schwartzman. Is Schwartzman? Yeah. Which I don't know. So what that his means uh, about the Coppola me, um, the Coppola wow. connection is on his mother's side. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So um, Talia Shire. Yeah. Um, I mean, I should, as someone with the last name, like a Swiss last name, Teuscher, whose mom's side of the family is Italian and like have people therefore assuming right. often that I'm Jewish. I should like really be, <laughs> you should really have a I should really here. let this go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, should, I should really identify with Jason Schwartzman <laughs> right now. But yeah, (laughs) I had also forgotten this, actually. And I was trying to. So, I mean, and he like speaks. I mean, the Italian characters in the show, they speak a lot of Italian. Uh, I mean, they're supposed to be like, you know, a lot of them are supposed to be 
you know, first, they're all, they're all first yeah, generation yeah. American. Um, so it's, yeah. So, I mean, you've got like mob royalty in, uh, in Jason Schwartzman, but also Andrew Bird plays a central character on this show for some oh, that's, reason, but that's he's, amazing. he's very good. Um, so I mean, which mob, which mob is he in? He's not in either mob. He's actually a, oh, he, damn it. I was supposed to joke. He's, he's not in either <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Does is Andrew Bird Italian <laughs> in the show? Because he's so he looks so Italian, like this Italian bird, right? He's just like so. He's like just a little feather of a person. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he actually is. Uh, he is. Uh, he's taken a loan out from the black uh, gang, and so obviously that's gonna you know that's not oh, probably not okay. gonna end well for him. Um, but Birdie's gonna, Birdie's gonna get it. Yeah, it's not, but I mean, you know, so I think it's a really good premise. I don't know. Again, I feel like it's more, I read a review of this season that was just like, this is a more mundane sort of like, it's both a more mundane season of television. It's not as weird as we've become accustomed to I mean, to do you think Fargo. there's still time for it to get weird? For sure. There's 11 episodes and they're each one is each one is a solid hour or a slightly hour plus. So there uh oh, there's wow. a lot lot Wait, isn't it still is it not FX? It is FX. Um it is FX, but they're like, you know, like the episodes They're taking like hour and a half chunks. Well, it's like a 60 minute, you know, 60 65 minute rather than like, you know, if you're watching like, you know, usually it's going to be with commercials yeah but how can they but they're gonna broadcast it right yeah i think it must be running it must be running like so it must be running for like hour and a half right yeah wow maybe not quite that long but it might be i mean because most of them are maybe they do like an extra yeah a few minutes right because they're running longer than that on on hulu so do you remember when like you used that used to be a thing where you'd look at the tv guide and like season finales and stuff they'd have it bumped past like you know nine ten oh yeah this is going to be a good one. Well, and this I, I remember when um, I would occasionally either set my, I would, when I learned how to set my VCR to record something and you would, and then it would be like, end it. I'd end it, you know, at like 9 PM or whatever. And then of course it would yeah. like miss the last like five minutes because that's like, the yeah. worst. <laughs> yes. 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 I remember that. No. Yes. Yeah. Or sometimes they would even, you'd set it at like nine and sometimes they'd even just go to like nine and 30. Right. And you would miss like, the last 30 seconds. Right. Right. Because they like let them take up like an extra, you know, couple of yeah. minutes. But... And they were like, viewers <sighs> won't know. No one has a digital clock. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. so there's definitely time for it to get weirder. I, I kind of hope, you know, it's because right now it seems like more or less like sort of a, a while a very good mob story, like a kind of standard mob story. So I don't know. Well, I, I it's definitely a very different, um, very different season, but like beautiful. The clothes are awesome. Um, and Aww. just like the whole look of it is, you know, just really gorgeous. So, um, well, that actually sounds good. And maybe I'll give it a try if I'm looking for something because I yes. find mob stories to be comforting. If then, oh, then you would definitely because it's very for what it's it is. Like, it's they're very taking well care done. of it. Yeah, there's 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 the the, the mafia's taking care they've of stuff. They're keeping society backs. in order. Everything's fine. They've got people's backs. They're keeping this town safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, though though the mafia did try to blow up my great uncle's car once. 
that's cool. I mean, I yeah, probably, they did probably it, scary which is why your, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If anything had actually happened to your great uncle, that would have been bad. Yeah. But I think yeah. it makes a great story. Yeah. And it's, it was, well, it's, I don't know. We don't have to go into it. I don't think I know the full story because my family. Feel free to like speculate. Most, yeah. Most Italian Americans, they didn't like to talk about them all, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yes. So this is something I heard from my grandmother about uncle joe interesting Um, he was he was a lawyer and it was anyway it's this whole thing but um yeah cuyahoga county all right so i do have to talk about a show that occupied a good portion of my september yeah um i i was having like a rough month and someone my boss actually recommended this show that's on netflix called the repair shop and it's imagine great british baking show but with more xanax and like that's what the show is the stakes are even lower but like more emotionally uh fraught i guess mm-hmm. i don't know so basically the the concept of the show is people take their their treasured family heirlooms to this uh repair shop that's i think run in conjunction with this you know this museum somewhere in in southern england and um they and these, you know, heirlooms are usually like pretty in poor, in pretty poor condition. And this this repair shop, there's like a a furniture restorer, a woodworker, this guy that just fixes clocks and like little electronics. It's kind of amazing. Um, and there's these two women, um, Amanda and Julie, who just are the soft toy experts, and they like fix teddy bears and stuff. And it's incredible because they have this amazing bedside manner they know how much teddy bears and stuffed animals mean to people so they always go well what's their name and they like make sure not to take them apart in front of the people it's Hmm. it's kind of amazing but the the things these and it always works out that they do a great job with everything these people like are just so talented there's you know a a metal worker and they just make these things look like new again and it's incredible um and but some of the items people bring in, it's just so intense because it's pretty much all older people or younger people whose maybe their their nan has just passed and they are like trying to restore this thing that had belonged to them or had been given to them when they died, you know? And some of the items are just amazing. Like there's this one episode where this woman brings in this violin that her great aunt had played in Auschwitz. Oh my and she, God. Like, yeah. And she's like, well, she had been in the Berlin Philharmonic and then, um, then was, t- and she was Jewish and she was taken to Auschwitz and she like basically survived because she would play music for the people when they would come into the camp to like, you know, reassure them that this was actually, you know, a great place, you know, horrible. And so this guy, he's, you know, an instrument restorer and he, he gets the violin to be able to play again. And then they bring in this composer to write a song dedicated to her aunt. It's amazing. Wow. There's this another episode where this guy comes in and he's like, so I have this music, bo- music box. It's broken. Um, it belonged to my, it belonged to my mother. She was married. She had just gotten married and then world war two started. And then her family in London, um, so like all her brothers and sisters and both her parents, their house was bombed by the Germans and they all died. And this music box was the only thing that they could salvage and it's, you know, broken because of the bombing. 
And he's like, I would like to get it restored to hear what it sounded like for this family that I never knew and my mom didn't want to talk about. And so they fix this music box and you, it's, it's amazing. Are they all this intense? <laughs> oh no, God. I'd obviously just pick the <laughs> okay. two most intense ones. There's also just like, this is my stuffed elephant that I got when I was five from a man in my village. Okay. And they're like, oh, well, he's quite lovely. We'll restore him for you. So, so that's um, cool. So it's not like an antiques road show. Like they're not like no, appraising. No, they this absolutely stuff. are not. Yeah, there's an art conservationist, and she. It's actually incredible to watch her like fix a lot of paintings. And sometimes she'll be like, "Oh, well, this is a quite quite a valuable painting, and it definitely could cost you this much." But people aren't doing it for the money. They're all just like, it's all personal stories. Hmm. Um, so if anyone is ever just looking for something to just that just will land easy, you know, and just um caroline our friend caroline calls it competence porn because it truly is these people are just so good at their jobs um but yeah anyway that's that's one i would like to recommend for specific i like it um, need yeah um yes and then i guess speaking of british reality shows and one i just mentioned uh should we talk about yeah british baking show yeah i think we need to british bike off We've kind of we buried, we've sort of it's buried back. the lead here. Yeah, by uh, by putting it this deep in the show. I know it's back. And I mean, I, um, uh, I, I'm enjoying this season. I feel like that's... I am too. I feel like that's not so a popular you, we, opinion. No, you and I were just talking about this yeah. before we started recording. And I... And well, and you do too. We both like Matt Lucas, and I don't know. You're the first person I've talked to that's just like, yeah, he's a gem. I think he's adorable. He's adorable. Yeah, I think he's adorable. I I like him a lot. I think that I I, I and again, I've been shocked shocked by the number shocked. of people that I have talked to that do not like Matt. Um, I find it weird too. I think he's, when Nolan and him are holding hands at the beginning, they're so so good. Right, they're so sweet. I I think they're adorable. I, one of the so we were reading this um, article that came out, and what's funny is that I actually saw that nearly the exact same article came out by a different author with different points. Um, <laughs> when the last season was on was it the last season or two seasons no it was, it was in 2019 well so oh yeah it was wow, in 2019 okay. yeah, yeah so it was literally the exact same concept which is both articles were basically titled uh great british bake-off is broken here's how to fix it um so clearly there's a large contingent out there that thinks that the show is broken i did not really like the last season I didn't really as much either. You know, I, it was like, well, that and that article, the Guardian article made the point that there weren't enough mixed ages mm-hmm. toward the end. So it was all like young people. So it made the show feel kind of different than the, the homespun sort of. Last season know. also sort of had the, and I, if I recall this, I guess this kind of broke down at the end, but it had the woman who was just kind of like winning every single week for a while. She was like winning. Like, oh yeah, Sophie. Right. Yeah. I think she... No, so that was Did two she... seasons ago. Was you're kidding. You're kidding. That article you sent might have been from last year, but Sophie was not in that season with Steph. Yeah. Okay. That yeah, is what I'm thinking. That's of. a different one. Okay. But that was also that you're thinking of the gay season. Yes, I guess I am. That season where like every episode had like <laughs> that was the first season I think with Noel and Sandy maybe. Oh, maybe it was. Okay. Yeah, maybe it was. Well, I mean, I uh, you know, I. I 
think that um, I I like Matt a lot. I do see where he and Noel are kind of like very they're like very similar sensibilities and it's very similar kind of weird humor and like I really like that so that doesn't bother me but I've seen a lot of kind of people who are like you know and I miss Sandy too I love Sandy but I mean yeah I I I think that I get where it's kind of like these two people are bringing the exact same thing to the show so why do you need both I of them? I guess so, but I don't know what, what else they could... I guess they could just bring more tweeness, but... Or you could have someone, I guess, who's, like, a little more, like, acerbic or, you know, like, a little more... Yeah, I guess ...barbed, so. kind of, to play off of. Um, but, I mean, again, this is not something that really bothers me because I like them both, so I don't see really what's wrong with more of something that I like. <laughs> I know. My biggest problem is the challenges. Mm-hmm. These stupid... I think right. they just got to start reusing basic challenges, like make a celebration cake, because that first challenge where they had to make cake bus out of, like, their personal heroes was deranged. The- that was... I hate those kind of challenges. They're like, make a picture out of biscuits right have to be snappy it's like oh exactly they did another one i think in in the next uh maybe even the next episode or maybe two episodes later where it was like um it was like make a pastry like diorama of something that inspires you yeah or and then like the last episode um was make a pastry cage over a tart why why this is- I actually didn't hate that one. I thought that was kind of fun. I thought the cage idea was kind of fun, but like, and it's so should... weird though. Well, and I mean, of course, the big, I think the big, uh, uh, the big kerfuffle with this season also was everyone's brownie implosion. Those okay. So, as you know, sometimes this show makes me. I I alternate between half the time I'm like, oh gosh, I I, I love British people. You know, I studied abroad there. I watch a lot of British shows. I'm like, I love it. And then the other of the time, I want to just have another American Revolution just for fun. Because <laughs> I get so exasperated with British people. And they make these insane brownies. And half of them are terrible. And the other half have, like, figs on top of them. <laughs> it's, it's horrifying. They can't do it. I mean, you can all make, you know, hand-raised hot watercrust Victorian pigeon pies with meat jellies but you can't make brownies and then and then there's all these offensive things that they occasionally say where they they were making the chocolate babka and prue was like i had one i think british babka is better than new york and i was like how very dare you that like both that, that and offensive. and the fact that they were making rainbow bagels are both anti- when they made both anti-semitic <laughs> yes and then they i i was I was feeling offended on behalf of Jews. And I, yeah, because there was that episode, you know, seasons ago where they made bagels and these people were like, oh, 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 they round. And then they like made pretzels once and they didn't know the shape of pretzels. I was like, what is happening in the UK? (laughs) Yeah. And then that American pie episode where they had to make American style pies. And Paul's like, oh, I don't really like American pies. I prefer mine with congealed meat. Right. It's like, well, you're wrong. Yeah. And they made one of the people made like a chocolate peanut butter pumpkin pie. I was like, that's disgusting. Like, I don't even think, I I don't even think like tasty or whatever that. that like. I, no, that's gross. <laughs> anyway, I, I get very exasperated I was with British people. Very upset at the Rainbow Bagel challenge. That was egregious. Unf- it was weird that they didn't mention that it was associated with pride and like I don't know. At a certain point, you just have to 
yeah i think they just got to reuse challenges if they can't think of any that aren't absolutely ludicrous no i actually and and like you know they also did the eclair challenge which i thought was a good challenge you know i mean i think that there's like you know that's a genuinely tricky uh you know i think there's there's like a lot of genuinely tricky uh baking basics you know that like right i agree that like aren't like i will never stop thinking about the guy who made the tom delong so that's the fun thing about this season is that usually i like all the contestants and i think they're all just like peaches but that guy dave i'm like get him because he (laughs) i will never stop thinking about that <laughs> it was insane. Because first of all, he remember Surah, the one woman, she accidentally bumped his his tray of whatevers um, with her elbow, and they fell to the ground. And she he like just let her agonize about it. Yeah, that he was, didn't go over. That he was, sucked. And I'm like, dude, my dude, you are not gonna be disqualified because they'll know that someone bumped them and fell on the ground. Like, what do you think is actually gonna happen to you? They're like, well, Surah knocked your things over, so you're out. Like that's. No. Not going to happen. And then he makes this Tom DeLonge cake, which would have been funny and great and, like, show sense of humor if he actually had any sense of humor about it. He was completely taking it seriously. I agree. It was, he's like, it's, because when he said it to Noel Fielding, he's like, Tom DeLonge from Blink-182. And Noel's like, oh, okay. I'm like, you have not grown, outgrown <laughs> Blink-182, have you? You... I, you're not even joking about it. You, this is still your favorite. These are this is your Beatles. Right, right. I, <laughs> I, I totally agree that it would have been so endearing if it was laugh yes, laughed at. Yeah, like if he was like, oh, I'm making Tom to right. Like, he, he believes in UFOs. <laughs> right. you know, like. <laughs> but he like genuinely in the year 2020. <laughs> Love was like my favorite artist ever is Tom, Tom DeLonge. DeLong. He has he has not had an album. He's not listened to an album since Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. <laughs> he's he's like that music never got better after that. I've I've not bought it a peaked. single record or CD. Right, music peaked in you know <laughs> two thousand one. In... Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, so fun. Like that's just like yeah. I I mean I don't know. I I really love you know who I love this season. I love Big haired mark the um blonde blonde the, mark the, the shorter the shorter mark okay see i love i mean i, I think, think both, both marks, marks. Are excellent, i like i love i, like I absolutely love like single dad mark from cornwall with his two daughters okay. who are clearly like he's my favorite i'm partial I'm to other him. mark but both marks are a delight um yeah i also like um i don't know how to say her name because accents are weird Hermine? Yes, I think that I think it is Hermine. She's uh she's lovely, uh and very talented. Um, she's also so funny and kind of weird. Like some of the things she says, I'm like, oh, you. She has. You've got an edge to you. I like her. Well, and so does um what's the other lady uh, brunette uh who also has Lottie? kind of an edge. Yes, I mean she's not that Lottie good, seems but she's got a mean. great. I think she's got a great rapport with Noel, which I really appreciate. Yes, she does. I think I wouldn't like Lottie as much if she weren't as funny as she is, because I right. think she's she's pretty she self-deprecating. Like, you might not be a very nice person, but she's she's funny. Yeah, and she's she's very self-deprecating, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, um, yes, that's true. So I, I don't know. This is a you know this is also a weird season because they are. Um, they are quarantined at 
at the you know tent right <laughs> uh for all intents and purposes um <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. get out of here sarah <laughs> that was good um and so i think it's it's probably having kind of a weird effect on on their you know on the show mm-hmm. that that like we aren't exactly sure what the effect is but like i know that normally it looks the same to it us. looks the same to yeah. us but it's like right i mean and, and like i know normally they they go home during the week and they practice for the upcoming week's challenges um and this week and this year they, they can't do that and i'm guessing they have some kind of thing where like they individually get to use the tent or something to practice throughout the you know couple of but it's a much shorter amount of time between um you know because they're obviously just like trying to get everyone everyone out of there you know faster so well i'm they're at some sort of resort too so i'm wondering how many kitchens maybe there are yeah i'm sure that there's like just a lot of factors that are sort of affecting this year's crop but i'm also impressed that like it's not super obvious you know to no like, it isn't yeah it's really yeah I so, agree. and i'm impressed that like everyone was like willing to do that including like presumably like noel and prue you know and like the whole gang so i mean i don't it's kind of it's like a weird it's a weird season but like you know what god bless that even in the face of everything they still managed to get us a new season of, of bake off i mean shouldn't we yeah, be thankful I'm not- like I don't have anything to complain about except the brownies and Dave. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Dave who definitely voted for Brexit, by the way. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if if I if he if he's listening and he contacts me and says, No, well, I voted to remain, I'll be like, Okay, forget it. I hope you do well. But um as it is Give me the proof, man. Yeah, he he, he he's he voted leave and um, that's canon. <laughs> pass it so. pass it on. yeah yeah um oh man so i something else uh we'll move on to i think probably the last show that we're going to talk about momentarily but i need you to briefly explain to me a show that you put in the doc which appears to be called specifically eight out of ten cats (laughs) yes so i need to know more okay so it's called eight out of ten cats and, um, okay, good. I thought it was my... called specifically eight out of ten cats. Okay, because <laughs> oh. <laughs> you wrote you... no. That's just me really enjoying um, uh, adverb transitions. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, it's called just eight out of ten cats. Okay, and it's it's a survey show. Um, so like, how many you know? And it's hosted by Jimmy Carr, this comedian who you'd probably recognize. Um, and he's he's very big in Britain and I've actually been meaning to call into Who Weekly because I want their British correspondents to tell me who the who's and them's of 8 out of 10 cats are because I'm like actually deep I'm like honestly deeply intellectually curious about this um, Jimmy Carr is a big deal he made like front page news um, in Britain like 8 years ago 7 years ago because he didn't pay his taxes and it was this whole thing and I've actually watched the episode that was filmed the day the news came out that he owed, you know, like hundreds of thousands or something of pounds in, um, in back taxes. Um, because the show is oh. all about what are British people talking about? It's the most rudimentary and simplistic and low stakes game ever. But the concept is this. You have two teams of three people each. Both teams are headed by a team captain, these two comedians, um, most years it's the same for years it was sean Locke, 
and John Richardson, um, the latter of whom I have feelings for. And mm-hmm. the they have different guests each week that appear as their, their team members. So it's always Sean's team versus John's team. And the game is basically this. For the, the majority of the show, they have to guess what are British people talking about? And I, have, I, I don't know how they determine this. Maybe like Twitter mentions or something. Um, though the show's been on for a while, mm-hmm. so who knows. But they, and they clearly are given like a pre-cut list of ideas or things that could be on it. Because um, Jimmy Carr will always have a joke after they talk about it. But he's like, so Sean, what do you think the British public is talking about today? And and Sean will be like, well, there was that, there was that man who skydived. And then he'll do like a bit about it. He'll make some jokes or something. And then all the other people, because it's usually comedians that are the special guests, will like be making jokes. And for for like eight minutes, they'll just riff on something. And then finally, Jimmy Carr will be like, okay, yes, that was in the top list. You get a point. (laughs) So the the final scores at the end of the episode are literally like four to three. (laughs) And like the, then there's also a segment where they just have to guess polls where they say, do, do you think this is true or false? The majority of British people would rather go to the theater than to an amusement park. And this episode, Hannibal Barres was one of the um, contestants. So that was really fun. He clearly had no clue what was going on. <laughs> and he like could not understand some of the accents. Because sometimes I'm just like, I don't know what that person said. Um, anyway, it's delightful. You see, if you're, if you're like familiar with a lot of these like British shows, you see familiar faces. There's a lot of the same comedians. But I've also learned a lot of new names, which has been really fun for me. Um, but like Richard Iowade has been on an episode, Ashling B, who's a personal favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, Noel Fielding was on an episode I watched um, because there's also this old British show called Countdown, which sounds like it's an even more boring version of Wheel of Fortune, where basically they get contestants get like nine letters and then they have to make the longest word possible using the letters. Oh, wow. I like that. Okay. You do, you do. It seems incredibly boring to me, and I love that stuff. No, this is it's extremely not my shit. Actually, it's just so. But the show's been on like thirty years, and like it's it's a joke because like it's just like old people just love to watch this every night. Like it, like it's like their Jeopardy, but it's it just seems so much more boring. But um, and it's in about a boy, and there's an episode of the IT crowd where they like make fun of Countdown. Um, but anyway, at the, there's this one point like eight years ago. As a gimmick, they had the people from 8 Out of 10 Cats do an episode of Countdown. Um, and these comedians go and play this game that all British people watch, and they're absolutely terrible at it. <laughs> they're like, how many how many letters did you get? How, what what size word did you get? And they'll be like, three? <laughs> you know, they'd like, they just don't know how to play. Anyway, it's very good, but Noel Fielding was on an episode of that. Um, anyway, here's my prediction, because... You can watch these I love all that, on YouTube. I love that Noel Fielding also is just like on everything on British television. That's my that's kind of my assumption. Well, it's at just this like point. it's fun to watch this because you realize like you have this sense that you know who all the British celebrities are and they know who all of ours are. But like you watch it and you're like, oh, it this this is gonna sound real dumb, but I mean this sincerely. You watch it and you're like, oh, it's a different country. Like they we speak the same language, but they have a completely different like. I don't know, um, discourse yeah. than we do, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, 
and it's fascinating. Sometimes, like, the episodes I've been watching recently, they've been talking about the 2012 election. And they're like, what's the difference? His name is Mitt? That's not a real name. They, you know, it's... It's kind of amazing, but... Um, it's funny, when you first yes. brought this up, I thought I was wondering if it was just, like, basically a British family feud. Uh, but does not... It's kind of the same idea where you're guessing things right. based on, like, polls. But that's kind of... It seems but, like that's kind of the... Uh, that's... But it's actually even less... Uh, <laughs> and it's really just an opportunity More for British these than comedians yeah. to to just just make jokes and do, like... Kind of so like, like watching kind of like who's uh not whose line uh it's kind of like uh, wait wait don't tell me a little bit in that sense where it's like yeah 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 you have uh, um, these uh, another you know kind of like comedians just sort of using stuff that's going on as a means to riff on you know one liners and stuff like that um, yeah which and it's fun to just see that if like Gemma Collins is on an episode oh my god Gemma Collins it was incredible because it's really hard to tell if she's dumb or if it's, oh if she's it's dumb thing. no she's dumb i think she's genuinely <laughs> yeah. dumb but it, it's hard to tell what like how much she knows she's dumb like i she sometimes just seems she'll say something utterly stupid and she i think she, it's like she knows that it will be funny to people and that's why she's saying it that's why she has that podcast you know or podcast the po- but yeah <laughs> the podcast but that's good um <laughs> but she says it with such sincerity and you're like oh you don't you don't know how dumb that is i don't think you realize how dumb that anyway she she was on an episode and everyone was like clearly just like making fun of her like it was very good but um and there's just been like other reality show contestants of people you've just never heard of but okay so anyway Uh, my prediction these are all on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, eight out of ten cats. Eight out of ten cats does countdown. There's also another show um, I've watched called "Would I Lie to You," which is also really funny. Where it's the same thing, like just three different, like people try to convince each other of something or not. They they say something like, "I once slept in." Like Greg Davies will be like, "I slept in a for a year, slept in the bathroom of a flat when I was in college," and he has to like convince the other team that he's whether he's lying or telling the truth. Anyway. These shows are all on YouTube, and I think... Oh, there's another one, Taskmaster. I think that they're going to become pretty popular within a few months and will be taken down from YouTube. Mm, um, okay. Similar to what like happened with The Great Pottery Throwdown. That's what I was going to say. Which I also yeah. have watched on HBO. Um, that kind of started catching on, and I feel like this will start to catch on, and they're going to try to be like, how can we make more money from this from an American market? Um so watch it on YouTube now while you can. Um, join me because I can't do anything else except watch eight out of ten cats. God, what a good. And I'm name. watching it from like eight years ago. It's so outdated. I don't. And half the time I have no idea what they're talking about. They're like, "What? Well, Carol Vorderman said this." I'm like, "I don't know who that is." But yes. Anyway, that's a real testament to this show. I think. I don't know what it is. I maybe it's just John Richardson. I really like him. Sure. But, um, he gets really worked up about things, which, you know, as someone who never gets worked up about anything. Um, no, you wouldn't know anything about watch. that. Yeah. I want to know anything about getting mad at people for wearing their lanyards on the tube <laughs> from their conference. <laughs> so. uh, a different time. 
Um, yes. Okay, so we can move on. Um, I think the last thing we were going to talk about, which I absolutely cannot believe that we haven't recorded since this was on, but... I know, because it's definitely, like, the best thing I've watched this year. Right. We, like, dropped the ball. I mean, I I, I actually do think that, that it, uh, it, it may be the best thing that I've watched this I, year. I tr- no, I yeah. truly think that. And then, yeah. It, oh, I guess we should tell people what oh, we're, yeah, right, right, right. Or we're talking about. <laughs> um, Pen15. <15, Guess. laughs> Pen15. Uh, which was on, uh, you know, came back out on Hulu, I think, sometime in September. Um, and this is the second season. I can only assume that there were supposed to be more episodes than there were. And they were. Oh, do you think? I kind of, I, that's my guess. I didn't think about that, but that's a good, that's a yeah, yeah, that's my guess is there were supposed to be more and they were, but you know, because otherwise I don't know why the Hulu would order fewer episodes than the first season, um, had, that doesn't really make sense, but, um, criminal that there were only seven episodes of this show. I mean, it, for this season, the season was so good. It was, it's so brilliant. So good. I, I, I mean, I remember really liking the first season, and I'm not sure what it is about this season that made me just, that, like, really blew me away. Um, but, yeah, I'm just kind of astounded by how well they nail the, um, the high-stakes emotional drama of being 13 years old, how things not only are so devastatingly serious all the time but are also they just move so rapidly yeah like that episode the sleepover episode the sleepover episode was triggering to me i i mean i it made me remember so many different sleepovers and just how quickly people would be mad at one person and that would switch and then someone would be talking to someone in the bathroom and then it was we had i had so many epically dramatic sleepovers there's one i actually had so the, I, I loved the storyline of the um oh god i forget her name the friend that they make this season who becomes kind of the third oh yeah she's so um brilliant yeah she's oh my god great and she turns out to kind of you know be sort of a snake um she's sort of turning turning maya and anna against each other and i literally had this friend when i was four. Oh, 14. we all did yeah I mean, this like. But the thing is, you did. did you remember? Would you have been able to remember and write this? Uh, Like, no, absolutely not. That's what's so incredible to me about what they did, because you're you're just like, did you go back in time and do some observing of your lives? How did you remember this stuff? And I think it's like for us. Yeah, what you're talking. What were you saying about your friend? Well, no, I mean, I I just, I, I just like had this exact friend. I had like, you know, this, this, and this friend at a sleepover, um, incited such a you know like a, just a whole drama between two different girls that there was a it culminated in a slapping um oh my which was God. of course like the only thing we could talk about for like weeks literally one person slapped another person i mean it was like just absolutely insane um the like i think that for us also it hits a certain nerve because you know like we actually you know, the show takes place in 2000 and it's like, we actually were like yeah. 14 in 2000. Um, yeah, it's, it's for, yeah. But I mean, that said, you know, I think that you could, anyone could, could 
you know reflect on this show like it's it's like these emotions and stuff are you know obviously completely timeless no they're pretty they're pretty universal yeah for that age i mean not everyone had the same experiences at the same time but i think that sort of emotional like just frailty and also belligerence right. is just absolutely universal yeah um i mean even our friend <laughs> alan was really like i had to, to stop watching that, yeah. it because yeah <laughs> like he's alan was like i had to stop watching it because it just brought back too many actually like really difficult memories about middle school you know and i'm like yeah fair enough like it did bring up some like weird memories that i had just like forgotten about how actually hard that time of life is it's um, really really oh my god oh my also i was on stage crew so like I really identify oh my God. with Anna, Anna's. like Anna's power. She's like trip everyone's so stupid. Stage crew. <laughs> I love, I love just taking that. everything so seriously. Oh my God, I love that her going on like power yes. trip, and then the story. I mean, I thought that both of the storylines with with both Anna and Maya's uh, parents were also yeah. really good. The I you know Anna's parents divorcing was. heartbreaking and then Maya's relationship with her mother kills me like it just because that's actually Maya Erskine's uh, real mom it's really her real mom her mom is an not an actor but was recruited to well now she is right so well was recruited I mean she was in the last season too to play to play Maya's mom but she's so good and like the scenes of them in the bathtub together I just Oh my god, the the shows, and I mean, uh, they are brilliant. I think they're brilliant. They're so good. Both they're just, I mean, they're both brilliant for the creation of the show and how good the writing is, but also they're uh, incredible actresses. I truly think that if they were dudes, the show would be buzz about so much more. It would be up for a war. You know what I mean? I like really think that it's seen as like a show about being an adolescent girl rather than being an adolescent but it's Ugh. it's so brilliant it's so good i i would have watched you know 10 more right in a row i just was heartbroken that there were same only seven i mean cause of i them. i watched them all so quickly yeah yeah, yeah. i loved it I, and i do feel like they must have had a time machine because there are these moments i also mentioned in the doc like there's this one part where she's going into uh where maya's going into the gym to that to the boy what's his name that she likes brant 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 yeah um and she like he's just sitting there and he's such a lump right um yeah he sucks but he's exactly who like someone would have had a crush on in seventh grade mm-hmm. just because, and, like and then he's such a gross tool when he's with all the guys but um she she like goes into the room because he's like or the gym he's by himself and she just stands next to him because they had, they'd already like made out at some party and she awkwardly just goes I'm stalking you. Just right. kidding. I'm not stalking you. And I'm like, oh my god, I forgot that that was some that that was something we people would say. They'd be like, oh, are you stalking her? You know, like uh, that was a thing. Anyway, they have all. That's not the only one. There are a ton of those moments where you're just like, how did you remember that? That's that absolutely took me back. The show itself is a time machine. Maybe it's incredible. Them like uh, crafting the away messages on AIM and like I just. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I I love it. Also, I find I'm, I'm slightly disturbed by the extent to which I'm invested in the chemistry between Sam, yes. yeah, and and I'm, and Maya. I was like, 
I'm like shipping Sam and Maya. I'm like, sitting there thinking like, oh, I hope they get together. I'm like, oh my god, no, that's actually like a 14 year old boy. But it's like also you're supposed to be woman. right, and it's you're su- yeah. that's what it wants. But it's still, I mean, the casting of adolescence alongside Maya and Anna is incredibly inspired. Um, but but yeah, I'm also disturbed by it. Where I'm just like, oh, they have such good chemistry. Wait, what is wrong with me? I know. <laughs> I know, so but gross. the kid who plays Sam is so good. Like he's great. Yeah, I I love Pen Fifteen. I mean, I just was I was really excited for this second season after how much I loved the first season. But this just like, I mean, it blew me away. Absolutely blew. Me. Yeah, I, it was so much better than I had you know any idea. Yeah. Um, so good. If somehow you've missed this season of pen 15 you must yeah and it's funny i think you watched it it. first you watched it before i did i think you're ahead of me by a few days um and you had texted me you're like pen 15 is maybe the best show i've seen this year and i was like oh that's good to know i'm excited to watch and then i watched it and i was like oh my god do you think Sarah knows that this is the best show of the year? Most people should already tell me that. I like independently was like, no one knows this is the best show. Uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, it's so good. Um, so please watch. Please watch it if you haven't. Yeah, because um, we gotta make only sure seven episodes and gotta get more. Yeah, we gotta make sure it gets a third, a third season. Um, so I guess we should, after our long-awaited return to the airwaves, we should uh, we should wrap it up with uh, yeah. a few. Thanks for sticking with us for so long. We're you know we had to we had to really we had a lot we had a lot of ground to cover uh, over the last yeah, two months we of we won't we won't wait two months again because then we you know gotta uh, you know I kind of like our quick hits sort of. Um, approach to you know can go through i mean a I, lot of, I had a great time yeah i can't speak for you or the people I had a listening to terrible me, time I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> speaking of terrible times what are we not watching right um so i think you have a really good one here for not watching um oh yeah i think i texted you as soon as i found you out did. about it because i was like well, <laughs> here's something we're not gonna watch yep. um there's been a lot of bad reviews of it, so I feel like the hate train has kind of left the station. But let's just let's just run down the track after it. I'm gonna just say Emily in Paris. Um, my God, that show looks so stupid. yeah, it looks pretty insipid, and it's gotten really terrible reviews. Yeah, yeah, it looks. Uh, I I can only assume that it's about Emily and, and she's in Paris. Um, but I haven't really done much more. Do you know anything about it? Nah. Cause I, I enjoyed reading bad reviews. Oh, okay. As soon as Netflix, please go on as soon as, yeah. As soon as Netflix had the audacity to push that to me. as if that would be something I would like, I was like, well, this looks horrible. What is going on here? It's, um, what's her face? Collins, Phil Collins's daughter. And she's this, she works in like, I don't know. She works on, social media for some cosmetics company and she goes to she goes to paris because the the chief of the paris office of this cosmetics company like is coming back to america to have a baby which is insane like why would you come to america to have a baby when you're in europe but anyway <laughs> yes she clearly like, bananas. Um, yeah there's maternity like, right so anyway um so she goes to paris and she just like every episode she's just like being brilliant at Instagram and she lives in some apart and she's just it, it just looks 
so stupid. She never speaks French the whole time. Um, and she is just trying to teach these uptight French people to be a little bit more American. Wait, she doesn't sounds... speak French? No, it sounds absolutely offensive both to Americans and French people. Hmm. Somehow, you yeah. Know? Like, I'm just, like, offended as an American, but reading it, I'm, like, offended because it also is offensive to French people. Um, anyway, it's just absolute trash. It's the same um, creator as Sex in the City, Darren, Darren Star. Star. Yep. Um, Darren Star has created like, a lot of legendary trash, I will say. Um, well, he's, he's continuing. It was funny because, um, so I mentioned in the doc, I was doing the New York Times crossword the other day and one of the long multi-clue answers was this quote from sex in the city about a crossword puzzle and it was the quote that um what's her face carrie bradshaw says in the show is apparently men in their 40s dating men in their 40s is like solving the new york times crossword puzzle it's tricky complicated they're tricky complicated and you never know if you got the right answer and i i've only watched like two episodes maybe of sex in the city and the years and years since it started and i was like that is the stupidest line i've ever hey there was a time there was a time and a place for sex in the city i but i'm, I'm genuinely <laughs> asking is carrie bradshaw because i know the episodes would like start or end with her writing her next column i don't think she's supposed to be a particular she's not supposed to be like a hack but she is supposed to be like well, that, you is know. Hack, that is a hack statement. Yeah. That is so bad. Oh, well, and that's anyway. not even the worst of, you know, the, it's of course, well, and of course, like, you know, I mean, I, uh, it became kind of like eventually kind of like, you know, memefied also her, yeah. her, but you know, Darren Starr also created, uh, Beverly Hills 90210. That's true. He did. Melrose Place. Which... Um. Well, someone could keep him out of Paris. Yeah. That know? show looks just awful i mean if if for nothing else he should be forever banned from the industry for you know i think that sex in the city the show had again its time and its place it was you know ahead of its time in a lot of ways blah blah blah. but there is nothing that could possibly excuse either of the sex in the city movies which are was he involved oh of course yeah they, uh, he directed them both. I've only read about them, and the second one sounded truly offensive. They're some of the worst things. Oh, no, sorry. They're directed by Michael Patrick King. Okay. But who's a... Uh... Well, he signed off on that fashion show <laughs> for women to get out oh of my their God. jobs or oh whatever. Oh, my God. Yeah. Both of the movies are some of the worst things committed to film it's incredible anyway that's not what we're talking about here but just as an aside <laughs> uh emily and paris bad um the i i had um i think for what we are watching um i do want to watch the new season of unsolved mysteries which you put down here which we we talked about on a previous um yeah episode i think we'll have to watch and it's pretty i think that's pretty good creepy fun maybe i'll do that on halloween yeah, I mean, I feel like the last season, there were only the six episodes. There were two good episodes, and the rest just made me really sad. Yeah. Um, which I think is often the case with these sort of cold cases, but... Yep. Not case, but yeah. Um, I'm hoping there's some good creepy ones in this mix. I am also, unfortunately, probably going to watch The Crown. <laughs> this 
<laughs> I know. Disappointing. I know. That is so disappointing for me. I know, I know, I know. I mean, I know you love Gillian Anderson. I do too, but it's also The Crown. It's The Crown. You know, I had never watched The Crown before the last season, and um, I, I don't know why I've decided to join it this late in the game, but I was kind of fascinated. I don't know. I probably will watch The Crown. I also... Um, I'm intrigued by this show called The Undoing, which is sort of a Big Little Lies-esque type thing, Um, also with Nicole Kidman, um, also written by David E. Kelly, who wrote the first season uh, of Big Little Lies, um, or directed the first season of Big Little Lies, and uh, I, it sounds like Nicole Kidman and, and Hugh Grant have a suspenseful and sexy time. Um. <laughs> uh, so I'm intrigued. Um, this is coming I out on HBO. I don't know much about soon. this, so I'm definitely gonna go watch. The I don't either. This. Yeah, I also still need to watch the trailer. Oh, is it, but does it do that thing that HBO's been doing, where they advertise and they're just like, "We don't know what this show's about either." <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> Look, <laughs> like what do we need to tell thing. you? It has Nicole Kidman. Just, just watch it. Yeah. Um, they just like it's just them giving a series of lines that don't make sense next to each other right and i assume like just you did what i know (laughs) she said that (laughs) and then someone throws someone off a bridge yeah yeah and you're like oh yeah all right then um so i'm intrigued by that uh i would also assume that hugh grant will be shirtless at some point in the show so um oh how do we feel about that i like it i'm here for it you know okay i like I, you it. know, he's I saw a, Hugh Grant in London once. You know, he's a sexy sixty-year-old uh, man. All right. He's sixty I, years old. See, the thing is, I believe that. I've told you I saw him in London once. No. And he, oh yeah, when I was when I was in college and I was studying in London, I uh, passed him on the street on on Gloucester Road in South Kensington. I was coming home from work. I was like leaving the, the, the tube station and I see this guy walking toward me and I'm like, huh, that old man looks like Hugh Grant. And then he got closer. I was like, that old man really looks like Hugh Grant. And then he was like about to pass me. I'm like, well, that's definitely Hugh Grant. And he just looks older than you think. And as we passed, he was wearing like aviator sunglasses, even though it was like 6 PM and end in England. Um, and he, like I just stared at him, like it was with my mouth open and my head turned as he passed, and I could see him like look at me out of the corner of my eye, like is this woman about to pounce on me? Like he. That's such I, a good I sighting. I was just kind of like I was just like huh, and then he passed, and then I like made eye contact with a guy at this bus stop, who's like literally holding a newspaper, and because I was super American and no one in London makes eye contact, I just. And not just any American. I was an Ohioan. I'd never lived anywhere except Ohio. I, like, look at this guy at the bus stop, and I, like, made a face, like, a smile, and, like, pointed back, like, huh, that was Hugh Grant. Did you you see that? That was Hugh Grant. And this guy literally, it was, like, something from a TV show, literally, like, lifted his newspaper slowly to cover up his face from me. That is incredible. Yeah. And then the (laughs) next day, literally the next day, Hugh Grant was arrested for throwing a can of beans at a paparazzo. (laughs) <laughs> so i'm really glad i didn't ask for his autograph because he was clearly in a mood that week can of beans i respect that i yeah, you know you could, you could google it like hugh grant like throwing can of beans i hope it was garbanzos 
who knows um yeah but whatever whenever that was it was uh the day after oh, amazing april 26 2007 yeah so it was 20 april 25th oh yeah because it was my sister's birthday arrested over baked beans attack <laughs> oh babe of course it was baked beans god what am i even talking about of course it was baked yeah. beans it was yeah it was britain they don't yeah it's um, anyway, I think I've talked long enough. We should probably wrap it up. I'm sorry. No, we uh, we covered a lot of ground here. I'm proud of us. We watched a lot of TV. We did. We always do. We always do. That's what we're here to do. <laughs> we always do. You're right. We do. Oh, bro. Um, <laughs> we will watch some more, and then we'll talk to you we again. Probably will. Yeah. And then we'll do this again. Yeah. All right. Well, it's nice to catch up. Sarah, it have was a happy ne- Halloween. You too, Amanda. Have a happy, creepy Halloween. And here's to the next time we do this. Uh, we will be living in a world in which uh, we know that don't, Donald Trump don't. won't be the president anymore. Don't. Oh, don't. I'm. Oh, I mean, I hope so. That is how I am leaving out th- this episode on a confident note. Okay. I don't believe in jinxes. Yes. We are confident here we are optimistic just superstitious enough okay yes all right everybody go vote go vote bye bye